Thank you for tuning in to this week's conference podcast. I am Patrick Cooley, pastor of Northport First UMC, and I'm glad to be with you here today. When I finished reading the gospel lesson and uh, the uh, New Testament reading uh, for this week, the first question that popped into my brain was, what is love? Now, I may be dating myself here, but uh, when I was uh, just entering my teenage years, uh, a British pop singer named Howard Jones had a song entitled, What is Love? And I remember the refrain of it uh, is, um, What is love anyway? Does anybody love anybody anyway? And so as I was pondering love and thinking about this song and thinking about this the, the refrain and the rest of the lyrics of the song, um, I got to thinking about how we as people tend to use the word love. And because we use it uh, to describe our relationship with so many different things, I, I think uh, it is very important for us as Christians, as members of Christ's church, uh, to understand what Jesus uh, understood love to be, to to embrace and take hold of of what Jesus and and John in in our in our readings today, how do they define love? How does God define define love? I mean, we we love cheeseburgers and we love pizza. Uh, some of us love driving fast. We love our church. We love our spouses. We love Jesus. We love our football teams. Uh, we love this and this and this. And so because we use the word and apply it to so many things in our lives, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that love as God defines it, as Jesus defines it, as the scriptures define it. It is love that keeps the church the church. It is the presence of true love that defines uh, who we are as disciples and as apostles and as members of uh, the body of Jesus Christ. In fact, even our Acts lesson today, the the first reading, is in reference to an act of love, which happens at the beginning of Acts chapter 3. Peter and John are entering in through the beautiful gate, and they encounter a beggar who has been crippled for life. And we find out later in chapter 4 of Acts that this man was over 40 years old. For life. So, for his entire existence, what he had known was begging, uh, alms, people having to support him, uh, definitely uh, meagerness. And being crippled, he would have never been able to enter into the temple. He would have never been able to go to the altar and make offerings and participate with the body of Israel and worshiping God. He'd always, he would have always been, for his entire life, outcast because of this. And it's an incredible picture as Peter and John are are walking in. Uh, Peter says, and John says to the man, uh, look at us. So here I I just kind of have this this image of 
of a man looking down in shame as uh, those that are healthy and those that uh, are wealthy and those that are in the thinking of the day blessed by God as they walk past this crippled man who, in the thinking of the day, surely did something wrong or his parents or ancestors did something wrong. But here comes Peter and John, and they tell this man, look at us. Make this connection. Look at us. And so Luke tells us that the man looks at Peter and John and expects uh, an alm, expects some money, something to be given to him. And Peter says, I I don't have any money to give you. I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold. But I am going to give you what I do have. And that is Jesus of Nazareth. Stand and walk. And the man gets up and leaps and jumps. He he becomes this sign that Peter and John are acting in the power of God. He becomes the sign of the truth of what it is that Peter uh, starts preaching immediately there at Solomon's gate or Solomon's portico. There is a sacrifice involved here. It's a laying down of comfort, and it is a willingness to let go of what Jesus has given to Peter in order for this other person, for this man, to be able to experience healing and be able to experience the gift and the love and the grace and the healing and the healing of God. Because imagine people don't normally look at him, the beggar. How often are we willing to look at those that are less fortunate than ourselves, those that are suffering and struggling, very often we would think, because it's something that they did. It's a sacrifice to be able to stop and to look and to engage and to speak with and to give up and give a part of what God has given to us. So what is love? What we we learn in our scripture readings today, what is love? Love is the willingness to lay down one's life for the other. It is the willingness to enter into discomfort. It is the willingness to let go of what God has given so that someone else can take it up. In 1 John 3, uh, we read today, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. We must be willing to let go of our comfort, let go of our resources. We must be willing to be present in the lives of those that are hurting and those that, that are apart. That is what love is. Jesus says in our gospel lesson today that he is the good shepherd, and the reason why he is good is because he is willing to lay down his life and lays down his life for the sheep. And actually, Jesus goes a step further. He says also later on in our reading that the Father loves him precisely because he lays down his life in order to pick it up. 
that's really the message I think that uh, that, that we're getting in First John and and that we're getting here in John chapter ten and and that we ultimately see when we look at the whole story here of uh, Peter and John's encounter with the Sanhedrin is that in order to love we must be willing to set aside ourselves and our lives. And that's the kind of love that God likes. It's not a love based on feeling. It's not a love based on on sentimentality. But those are all equally valid loves. But that's not why God loved Jesus, because he gave him the butterflies in the stomach. No, Jesus says, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. Now, I think that's important for us as God's church, as God's presence in in a world that is hurting and struggling. Because the reason why God loves Jesus is precisely the reason why God should love us and why God loves us. When we are willing to, as, as Christ's presence in the world and as his hands and as his feet and as his righteousness, when we are willing to let go of ourselves, sacrifice our lives, our egos, maybe even our reputations, uh, maybe even sacrifice some of those other things that we love for the love that God wants us to have so that those that are trapped in darkness, those that are lost, those that are hurting, can emerge from that dark tomb into a new life. And that's the great thing about what Jesus says, why the Father loves him. It's not just because he dies and gives up his life for us, but that he gives up his life so that he can take it up again. So that through his sacrifice of himself, by laying down his life, all of us that are in him can emerge from the dark, dank tombs that we find ourselves from being cut off and isolated like this beggar, paralyzed thus far for life, and find a place and find a new life in the light of God. That's what love really is, to produce that in the other. My love of a good slice of pizza doesn't help anybody but me. But my willingness or our willingness as Christians to follow our master's example, that's the kind of love that God really, really desires. And that's proof that we are him, we are his presence and his body and his church in this world. Uh, The first verse, I think, of uh, Are Ye Able in the Methodist hymnal it, it, it gives this answer. It, it tells us what is love. Are ye able, said the master, to be crucified with me? Yea, the sturdy dreamers answered, to the death we follow thee. Are we willing to, for the sake of the beggar, for the sake of those that are lost in darkness, for the sake of a sign that the gospel that we preach is truly the Word of God, are we able and willing to take up our crosses to demonstrate true love 
by laying down our lives for those who have no life so that they might live. Let us pray. Gracious God, remind us that the things that we love in this world and the things that we have are not ours to hold on to, but are instead ours to lay down for your sake. And give us the comfort and the peace by the presence of your Spirit to know that as we sacrifice for you, it is proof that we are in your love. Because we lay down our lives for those that are dead in their sin and trespass and darkness, because we lay down our lives, they are able to enter into your light and your life. Help us to be instruments of your hope. Help us to be the source of your love in a world that desperately needs people who are willing to not have it their own way, but instead seek to make the world what you have called it to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.